Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Tonight, I'm going to uh, share for a while, and uh, somebody says, how long are you going to share? Uh, I'm not sure, just until I, I feel uh, a release to start praying for people. But uh, we're going to share for a few minutes on the subject of healing, and then we're going to minister healing. Now, in Psalms 107, it says that God sent his word and healed them. Uh, Healing and the word, they go together. In Luke chapter 5, it says that the and when the report concerning him, they reported concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So they came to hear the word and then to be healed. Again, in the next chapter, in Luke 6, 17, and he came down with them and stood on a level place with the crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from Judea, Jerusalem, and from all the seacoasts of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Now, healing and hearing, the word go together. First of all, faith comes by hearing. So, It's impossible to believe God for what you don't know about. So they needed to hear in order for faith to come, right? Um, Beyond that, sometimes all people want is to be healed, and they want to take off and go live for themselves, right? And and, uh, honestly, uh, you know, God, God doesn't heal us so we can live for the devil, right? But then this is, this is really, really important. A lot of times when somebody gets healed, particularly this was true in Jesus' ministry, right? because Jesus was anointed with a healing anointing. Right? So people would come, and that anointing would flow, and this just makes it easier to receive your healing. Right? But when you receive a healing, you need to keep it yourself. Right? Um, I've seen cases where people were healed of, of outs, outstanding healings. I mean, terminal cancer, given weeks to live, right? And they're healed. But then they don't build their own faith, right? And then after a period of time, particularly when that particular sickness has a demonic root, right? It comes back, right? Now, you say, why does that happen? Well, Jesus said when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through dry places, seeking rest, finds none. And he says, I will return from the house from which I came. And he comes, he finds it empty and swept and put in order. And he goes and he takes and finds seven other spirits worse than himself and comes back and the the last state of the man is worse than the first. So not every sickness, of course, has a demonic root. But when it does... If a person does not build their own faith, right, then what happens is it comes back, and very often they'll succumb to that sickness. Now, in Luke's gospel, the 13th chapter, we find Jesus in church. He's in the synagogue, and he's teaching. 
And it says, behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Now, we mentioned this morning that you're three parts, your spirit, your soul, and your body. You have a body. You live in that body, right? If you're a Christian, the devil is not touching your spirit. But you can still be attacked by the devil in your body. In fact, the Bible says this woman, now she's a daughter of Abraham. She's a covenant woman. But yet there is a demonic attack on her physical body. The Bible says she had a spirit of infirmity. Now, a doctor may have looked at her and said, man, this woman has curvature of the spine. But the root cause behind that curvature of the spine was a demonic spirit. Right? And she was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to himself and said, Woman, you're loosed of your infirmity. He laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There's six days in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath. The Lord then answered him and said, You hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it to water? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? So Jesus identifies the root as being satanic, whom Satan has bound. I've I've met with people and and talked with them, and they said, well, you know, sickness is from God. No, it's not from God. Acts 10.38 said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Ultimately, every sickness goes back to Satan's dominion in the earth. It's not something that God brought. So notice the reason that Jesus said healing belongs to her. It says, being a daughter of Abraham. She's a Jewish woman. She's under the Abrahamic covenant. And because of that healing, Jesus said, it belongs to her. But for you and I, the Bible says in Galatians 3.29, if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So because you're Christ, you are under the Abrahamic blessing and covenant, and healing belongs to you. It is your rightful possession. Now, when healing doesn't come quickly, especially, you need to understand that, and you need to stand. You need to speak to that, that, that sickness and speak to that disease. And by the way, never does the Bible call sickness a blessing. In Deuteronomy 28, God calls sickness a curse. In Job 42, it's called captivity. In Luke, what we just read, it's called bondage. And in Acts 10.38, God calls it oppression. In Matthew 15, in verse 21, it says, And Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Cana came to that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is severely demon-possessed. Now, this woman 
is not under the Abrahamic covenant. But yet she's asking for healing as if she is. She's uh, saying, son of David. She's saying, hey, I'm part of the family. I'm under the covenant. And he answered not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I'm not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He is fulfilling God's promise to Abraham and to bring about salvation through the Jews. And first, the gospel is to who first? It's to the Jew first. Romans chapter 1 is to the Jew first. So he says, I'm only sent to to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm sent to the descendants of Abraham. And she came to worship him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Um, First of all, Jesus calls healing the children's bread. If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed or children and heirs according to the promise. Jesus is saying healing and deliverance belongs to you. Now, you look at what he said to that lady. Most people would have just got offended and left. But let me just tell you something about faith. Faith is stubborn and will not quit. All right? You say, Jesus insulted this woman. Just wait in just a minute and see what Jesus says about this woman. And she said, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, oh, woman. My my new King James says, great is your faith. The Greek says mega. This is like mega faith woman. Jesus gives her faith, perhaps the greatest compliment he gave anybody. He said, woman, mega, mega is your faith, right? Now, what brought the healing to her was faith, right? Faith qualified her, right? Let it be as you have desired. And her daughter is healed from that very hour, right? Now, I love what the woman said. She said, have mercy on me. Blind Bartimaeus, he's crying out. Jesus is passing by, and he's crying out, and he's saying, Son of David, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, the Bible says that God is the Father of mercies, plural, right? Well, there's saving mercy. There's blessing mercy. But there's healing mercy. And there's delivering mercy. He's the father of mercies. In Isaiah 30, in verse 18, it says, Therefore the Lord will wait, that he may be gracious or merciful to you. And therefore he will be exalted, that he may have mercy on you. Now, the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that God has highly exalted Jesus and given him a name that is above every name. Now, the Bible says that when he's exalted, he's exalted. Why? To have mercy on you. That's why he is exalted, to have mercy. And blind Bartimaeus asked for mercy. The Syrophoenician woman asked for mercy. In Psalms 145, it says the Lord is gracious or merciful and full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy. The Lord 
is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. I've heard people say the days of miracles are over, the days of healing are over. Nobody says the days of mercy are over. Nobody. And healing has not passed away. So Jesus compliments the woman and says, mega, mega, mega is your faith. He said, my daughter, he said, be it unto you as you have believed, as you have desired. In Matthew 9, it says, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And if right here, you find the three things that Jesus did. He went about teaching, which means explaining. He went about preaching, which means proclaiming. And he went about healing. That's what Jesus did. Those were the three things that Jesus did in his ministry. He would explain, he would proclaim, and he would heal. And notice every sickness and every disease. And when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion or mercy, or mercy. People have said, well, the reason that Jesus healed was to prove that he was God. Um, That is not true at all. First of all, Jesus constantly told people, don't even tell anybody what I did. He wasn't trying to spread it around. It was because he was having mercy. But secondly, in Philippians, um, the Bible tells us that Jesus emptied himself of all of his innate deity. All of his abilities as deity, Jesus emptied himself and took the form of a human being. Now, if Jesus did everything that he did as God, well, then we would just sit back and go, wow, that's awesome. But Jesus said, the works that I do, will you do also, and even greater works, because I go into my Father. Jesus said the things that he did, we are supposed to do. Now, why? Because he didn't minister as God. He emptied himself of all of his divine abilities, and he ministered as a man. In fact, Jesus again and again said a prophet, he called himself a prophet, is not without honor, except among his own relatives and in his hometown. So he had compassion on them because they were weary and scattered like sheep that have no shepherd. Again, Acts 10, 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Um, we, one of the things concerning healing that's so necessary is that we understand that it is God's will to heal. You've got to understand God wants me well, right? Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. God is not the author of sickness. Sickness, ultimately, its author is Satan and demon power. Right? So God's will for you is to be well. And when you pray and say, Lord, if it be your will, heal, I can just tell you right now you're not going to get healed. 
I know that that may shock somebody, but faith begins where the will of God is known. You need to know that it's God's will to heal you, that God said he will forgive all your iniquities and he will heal all your diseases. That The Bible says that he, Jesus himself, took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, and by his stripes, healing was purchased for you. You need to know it. Now, what most of the time that we do is we're looking for a physical manifestation, all right? And I want you to listen carefully. You, you are healed in your spirit or in your heart first. That's where you receive it, right? You receive it, first of all, on the inside, in your heart. With the heart, Romans 10, man believes, right? So you, first of all, you believe it in your heart, right? Before you ever see it on the outside. First, you receive it inside, then it shows up outside. Now, if you're waiting for it to show up outside, and then you're going to believe it inside, well, you're going to probably be disappointed, right? Because everything we receive from the Lord, we receive spiritually. First, we receive it first in our heart. Remember, with the heart, man believes. You believe it first on the inside, then you see it on the outside. In Mark's gospel, sixth chapter and first verse, it says, and he went out from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when, this, when he had come to the synagogue, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom that's given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Now, this is Mark's gospel. In Luke's gospel, the fourth chapter, we're told exactly what Jesus preached. He opened the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He found Isaiah 61, and he began to read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me, right? To heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty the captives, to recover his sight to blind, right? And, to, and he, he reads that, and then this is what he says to them. He says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He's saying, today, he said, this is talking about me. And today, I'm anointed to bring healing to you, all right? But when they hear it, they're like, hey, what's this? Who is this guy anyway? Isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of, of James and Jose and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. And he could do no mighty work there. Doesn't say Jesus wouldn't. It says Jesus couldn't. Now, I remember being brought up until Jesus just healed everybody all the time. Everybody. But that's not true. The Bible says that he could do no mighty work. Now, here's what we know. We know God anointed him with a healing anointing. And even though he's anointed with a healing anointing, it won't work. He could not do any mighty work there. Why? Because of their unbelief. 
because of their unbelief. Now, in James, the fifth chapter, it says, is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. Right? Now, you'll notice it's the prayer of faith that saves the sick. But now I want to ask you, who has to have faith? Well, first of all, the elders have to have faith. And by the way, if you go to a church and they can't do this, you need to find a new church. Right? If there's nobody there who has faith for healing, you should find a new church. But secondly, the person who's being prayed for has to have faith. Right? It's not just the person who's ministering, but it's the person who's being ministered to, who's receiving the ministry. Right? Did Jesus have faith? Was Jesus anointed? Yes, but he could not do anything. He couldn't do a mighty work there because of their unbelief. And then it goes on and says, except he laid his hands on a few sick people, uh, E.W. Vines and his expository dictionary, uh, which is recognized in any institution of higher learning, any seminary, right, says that they were people with minor ailments. A couple people got healed of warts and an ingrown toenail, something like that, you know. But he couldn't do any great thing there, even though he was anointed to, because of their unbelief. So when the prayer of faith is prayed, it's not just the person praying who has to have faith, right? But the person who's being prayed for has to have faith, right? And so Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. And it says, and he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Now, the cure for this kind of unbelief right, is being taught the word of God, being taught the word. Jesus is bringing the cure, right? Luke chapter 5. Now, it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, and there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So Jesus is preaching and teaching. The house is packed, right? In fact, People are going to come and try to get in, but they can't get in because it's just wall to wall, people standing up, right? And the power of God is present to heal them, the people that are there. And behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they couldn't find how they could bring him in, because of the crowd, they went on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. So they climb on the roof, they take the tile off the roof, and they get ropes, and they let the guy down right in front of Jesus. And when he, Jesus, saw their faith, he said to him, the man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who, can this, who is this who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to say, rise up and walk. But you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he rose up before them, took up what he'd been lying on and departed to his own house, glorifying God. 
So the power of the Lord was present to heal them, but none of them were healed. You say, well, it doesn't say they were sick. Let me just put this. Look, if you get 50 people together, 45 of them need something. Right? These, there were people there that had a need, but they were not in faith. Right? The power was there, but it's faith that, that I'm going to say, it turns on that power. It's like the, an electrical switch right there. Now, that electrical switch is there, but nothing's happening. But if you go and plug something into that electrical switch, you go and plug in a light bulb, it's going to turn on. Right? And the same thing is true with the power of God. When the anointing for healing is present, like it was in this, in this place uh, where Jesus was and where it is, I'm going to say it's here, that same power is here tonight. When faith is turned on, right, that power flows. The power flows when the faith is turned on. Right? In uh, the 10th chapter of Matthew, Jesus called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Then it mentions who they are. And Jesus said, as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, Raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. When Jesus told them to tell that the kingdom had come, he said, heal the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers. That's what he did with the 12. With the 70, he was sending them out, and he said, heal the sick out of there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. When he sent out the church, he said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These signs will follow them that believe in my name. The list begins with, they will cast out demons. It ends with, they'll lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. And then in James, it says, is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anoint him with oil, praying over him. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. Acts 14, 7. And there they preached the gospel. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. And when he heard Paul speaking, Paul observed him intently, and seeing he had faith to be healed. So Paul is preaching the gospel. And as the man listens, he has faith to be healed. So what is Paul talking about? Healing. Right? You receive faith for what you hear about. So Paul's talking about healing, and he sees the man who's never walked and says, that guy, I can, Paul can see that he has faith. Right? I want to ask you, does he have faith? Is he healed yet? Not yet. But does he have faith to be healed? Uh-huh. But he's still not healed. He's got to do something, right? Uh, he has to release his faith, right? Uh, Gordon Lindsay said it this way. He said, faith is an act, right? So Paul looks at him intently and says, stand straight up on your feet. And the man begins to move. And when he does, instantly, the power of God hits him 
and he healed. And he's, he's healed. And the Bible says, stand straight up on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Now, not only was he healed, God supernaturally gave him the ability to walk. How many of you ever watched a kid learn? I mean, it takes a while. It takes a while. Right? So he had to release his faith. And you can have faith to be healed, but if you don't release that faith, it's like pulling the trigger. Uh, um, man, I'm a, I'm a hunter. You know, when you're sitting in your blind and that deer goes by, you could watch him go by or you, you put the scope on him, turn that safety off and pull the trigger. If you just keep waiting, he will walk away. Right? And faith has to be released. There has to be a point where you say, I believe I receive now. Right? And you receive where, first of all, in your in your heart first. Right. And then it will manifest on the outside. Now, it may it may be a minute. It might be a week. It might be longer. Right? But when you, you you keep the switch of faith turned on, you keep saying, I believe that I receive. You keep saying the power of God is working in me, bringing healing in my body. I am healed by Jesus stripes. You keep the switch of faith turned on. One last uh, account here, Mark chapter 5. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came to behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I might touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Now, Going back to Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. You say, what kind of power was it? It's healing power. It's healing power. This woman is going to touch Jesus' garment. And when she does, this is what Jesus is going to say. He's going to say, somebody touched my clothes because I felt power. I felt power go out. And Jesus felt it go out. She felt the power go into her. Right? So she comes up behind and she touches his clothes. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, when Jesus said, who touched me? The disciples are like, look, there's a multitude. Everybody's touching you. But not everybody was believing. Right? Not everybody was believing. And what, what really brings the power of God into manifestation right, is when we believe. When we believe, that power of God comes into manifestation. Well, I'm going to ask everybody to stand up, ask our worship team to come back up. And if you've come this evening and you said, I've come to uh, receive ministry, I want to lay hands on you. The Bible says lay hands on the sick and they will recover. All right? We're going to pray a prayer. 
and I'm just going to come by and lay hands on people, right? Now, when I come by and lay hands on you, the, 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 uh, the healing power of God is going to be ministered to you, right? Now, receive it. Receive it. And at that point, you need to say, today, I believe I receive. And keep the switch of faith turned on. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.